Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary, Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include the latest on blockchain and mortgages, my interview with Josh Friend of Incelerate on driving lead interest, engagement, and ultimately closed loans, and takeaways from Fed Chair Powell's speech in Jackson Hole. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, MCT, and its hedge advisory. As the industry leader in pull-through analytics and best execution with the highest staff-to-client ratio, lenders of every size trust MCT to manage risk and optimize profitability in their mortgage loan pipeline management. Remember a few years ago when lenders' IT departments were thinking that blockchain was the answer to uh, whatever problem they thought it would answer? Everyday blockchain talk has died down, perhaps because its application to residential lending is complicated at best, But security is critical, and cutting theft and fraud is more important than ever given the lack of lender profits. I'm just a simple capital markets guy whose sense of value is even strained by baseball card values, and certainly can't quite grasp the intricacies of blockchain nor those of non-fungible tokens, and when you combine them, well, count me out. But a report by the blockchain analysis firm Elliptic states that more than $100 million worth of non-fungible tokens were stolen in a variety of scams between January and July of this year. I'll continue to hang my prints of dogs playing poker on the wall where I can admire them. And just as easy to understand is the Fed's take on interest rates. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell gave a brief and blunt message that the Fed plans to keep raising interest rates while the world hopes that its moves don't accelerate a downturn. Although economic downturns and lower inflation does lead to lower rates. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show Josh Friend, CEO and founder of Incelerate. Josh is a seasoned entrepreneur whose impact on the mortgage industry at large is unmistakable. Over his 23-year career, he has personally trained thousands of loan officers that are directly impacting hundreds of thousands of borrowers. He now dedicates himself solely to helping other lenders be more successful through better borrower engagement, and he's transforming the borrower and LO experience with his leading technology company, Incelerate, which enables lenders to achieve higher revenue goals while creating customers for life. After record originations last year or two, 2022 is looking at about 50% of the overall volume. Margins have come down as well. What are lenders trying to accomplish in the current environment? Well, I think there's, it depends on which lenders um, you're, you're talking to. Um, there's some lenders that are just trying to accomplish staying profitable and you know being able to get the profitability and, and being able to stay in business, right? Then there's, you know, some lenders that are really, um, you know, doubling down, looking at this as a market opportunity that when other lenders are hurting or aren't being able to be as invested in their growth, they're they're trying to take over the market. Right? We have we have lenders on our platform who have said to us, "Hey, Josh, if you know any of your mortgage companies, any teams, any companies are getting shut down, let us know. We we want their people." So there's like you know, it really depends on you know who you are, and I think that the Lenders who are trying to grow, um, I can just say from me working with all the, you know, we work with over 100 lenders, the ones that are really into their technology and the system and how they manage a customer from day one to repeat customer, um, they're the ones that are growing. Like, you know, what I call our super users of our software are, are, are growing because they seem to be the most involved in their business. What are some ways that a that a CRM delivers for the clients? What's what's really important 
what are what are kind of the the keystone services or uh, yeah. advantages? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things we that, you know CRM does to help improve the customer experience, but I'll give one very tangible way that our system helps improve the customer experience. Um, we have done, and so you can go to our website, you can download, it's our fourth year we have done, we call it our, our annual MBA contact study. What we do is we go out there and we apply. We've now applied for mortgage with uh, roughly um, 500 lenders and we've made 1,789 separate inquiries over the last four years with these lenders. So what we do is we go to the website and we say, hey, you know, there's a form usually there like, do you want a mortgage? Fill out this information. We do. We fill out the information ask for a mortgage and then we time them. Do they call us? Do they email us? Do they text us? What happens? Well, this year's study, uh, 40% of lenders never call the lead, not never respond to lead, not an email call to zero. Um, only 11% of customers use text messages or lenders use text messages to reach their customers and only 1%. So it was like three lenders out of 500 this year that called, emailed and text that lead to try to get a hold of them. So, I mean, let's just talk about, you know, our system, lead comes in the system, it automatically reads the information of the lead. If it's already assigned to a loan officer, it gives the loan officer the lead and makes a phone call. If it's not assigned to a loan officer and it goes through what's called our distribution engine, it says, all right, here's the 19 loan officers who are currently active, available, and could call all this customer online. Um, let me ring all of their phones, whether it's their desk phone or their mobile phone. As soon as their phone rings, they answer it, lead pops up on their mobile phone or their desktop. And they're calling the customer. So that never happens. Right. And, you know, it was 56%, only 50%, 56% of leads had more than one follow up attempt. So, you know, almost half the time, if they even did reach out, it was one attempt. And the average attempts is 1.3 times. So, just in real simplistic sake, you know, there's been CRMs, Rolodexes, ways to keep track of your people for a long time. But I think what the difference is, and what we're finding is how do you make that actually really actionable? And how do you automate those processes? And, and you know, that's what we're seeing lenders being successful, the ones that automate. Because it's not about you know, your top producers. The only way you get more top producers is by recruiting more top producers, right? They just, they're the ones that just, they happen to be who they are. So you're not going to, you know, build your top producers or grow your organization. I mean, it's great to try to keep getting them, but you're really talking about your solid B players, your average loan offers. How do you make them great? And, you know, that's what we're seeing is automation. Make the job easy. So when it comes to quantifying the ROI of a CRM, how how do companies break it down? Uh, how do you sell companies on it? What what's kind of the the financial ways that the the sausage is made, if you will? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, step one for any lender who produces any type of leads online or or buys leads or does direct mail or has a radio show, TV show, they already know the value of a CRM to track their lead, right? So there's, that's a known, they know that they have to have a way for that customer that comes in the door, that if they don't call their customers right away, if they don't consistently reach out to them, they're not successful. So like, there's just a, there's a known precept for those people who are spending real money um, in marketing that they're, you know, that they're, that they're saving, that they're, you know, CRM is a necessity. Now, one of the things that we launched a handful of years ago was our engagement platform. And so this is a really good question for, you know, our engagement platform. What was the ROI? Cause we got asked that question. And what our engagement platform simply was this, it automates emails, text messages, 
Ringo's voicemail, Facebook, Instagram posts, direct mail, phone calls. And we provide content and strategy. So if it's a first-time home buyer or a repeat customer, there's different journeys, different content, monthly newsletters. So we produced this engagement platform a handful of years ago and all the logic and all the best practices, how to get the most out of it. And our customers asked us the question, hey, we're paying you know a good amount for the system. Does this help us? What does it do? How do you tell them what the ROI is? And we looked at a lot of ways to figure that out. You know, one, we, you know, we couldn't say to all our lenders, hey, these last two years have been your best years, right? So our software must work because <laughs> we all know everyone's last two years were great. <laughs> so what we did instead, um, you know, we have over 100 lenders, about 80% of our lenders use engagement, 20% do not. So we compared ones that did use engagement and ones that did not. And they may use other engagement, they may use other marketing systems, just not ours. And we compared 53 lenders, 27 did not use engagement, 26 did use engagement. We compared over a two-year period, we looked at 275,000 leads and applications. I turned into 9,500 funded loans. So pretty valid, accurate data here. And what we pretty much found is across the board, having engagement increased your conversion by 100% plus. I mean, it was a massive lift. The data was unbelievable. Again, that's on our website. People can download. It's a great report. It also shows you who the top lead providers were for our, um, you know, our marketplace. We take, you know, upwards of a half of a million new applications a month and three to four million prospects. We have a lot of data on this, so it also shows who the best lead providers are. So it's a great research study, but it really showed, hey, if you call someone immediately and then you follow up with them with any kind of consistency, especially in a multi-channel function, you're going to close more. Right. I mean, really think about it. That's not like hard. It's not a hard stretch. Like you're a company today. You don't have any follow up. You turn in a nice follow up system. Why get more business? Yeah. The answer is, of course, you will. Like that's a, that's a no brainer. So you talked about engaging leads once they're in the door. <clears throat> Having good technology and service is going to help convert. I want to talk about the start of the process. How do you actually create interest? Oh, that's a great question. There's uh, a couple of ways that you create interest or find leads. One is if you're on the retail side and you work on the real estate agents, it's about service. And you create interest by making your, your service, your expertise, your knowledge of products and qualification um, top notch. So real estate agents want to refer you business. You know, I was a loan officer for a long time and I got business because you know, when someone came to me, I could quickly figure out they they do qualify for this program or they don't, or this may be an issue. They have a second, you know, understanding the guidelines so you can quickly tell people what they qualify for, you know, and you give great service and you communicate really well with the real estate partners. That's how you create interest, right? It's just word of mouth. Um, if you're trying to go out there and drive interest and create your own through money, through marketing, you know, there's several ways you can go to lead providers out there and buy leads. Um, you can create direct mail pieces, do radio ads. You know, what we've seen recently that we've seen a lot of lenders have success on the ones that are really paying attention to, they're creating a lot of interest in social media. Our platform has a whole social media retargeting ad camp uh, ad platform and they're driving real business. And they're, you know, they're really producing a lot of business off of social media. It's turned out to be very effective for them. So that's, you know, that's a way I think a lot of lenders should really look at it is to look at how do I market in social media how do I use custom audience? How do I automate that stuff? Obviously, we can help you with that. We do that, but there's a lot of there's a lot of business where fine lenders are getting out of that right now. It seems like for the last ten or more years, all the conferences I've gone to, the talk is of automation, 
increased efficiency, digitization, digitalization. But acquiring a customer is getting more costly. Do you see this trend changing? Or I guess let's be a little more optimistic. How does this change and the actual cost to originate alone begin to, to start coming down as we move into the future? Well, I mean, we're going to start seeing costs come down soon because people are doing layoffs and we're getting back to normal salaries and, you know, lenders aren't probably paying their underwriters $350,000 and, you know, $10,000 quarterly bonuses right now. So there are, there's going to be costs produced. Now that was, you know, there's scales of economies with the amount of units they were doing. But so I think we'll see the, co- the costs come down just in the sense that, um, you know, the headcounts are going to come down and people will become more efficient. They're forced to become more efficient, right? When, when the market was great and you could bring in $12,000 revenue in a, in a loan, if you're inefficient by, you know, $1,000 per loan, you didn't really care. Now you care, you become efficient. So they're going to try to cost down through efficiency. The other thing is acquisition is what we've seen. And, you know, I've, I've been in this business since 99, um, Robbie. And, you know, I was a lender all the way up to 2018. So I've, you know, from 2002 to 2018, I was a lender. So I've been through a lot of the marketplaces. What, what I see in this market is when the competition starts falling away and they are, and there are some, you know, we're starting right size in our industry. Some of the marketing efforts become better because, you know, let's just take a look at direct mail. You know, for a while, you, you, if you're a homeowner, you have, you know, five pieces of direct mail in your mailbox every single day, right? That's changed. Now it's maybe one a week, right? Soon it becomes one a month. So those people that know, know what they're doing, their response rates, um, because there's still consumers out there. I think what lenders really need to understand is, are still predicted to be over a $2 trillion a year. I mean, that's massive. Same with last year. If you consider from 2010 to 2019, basically, we averaged like $1.7 trillion. So, you know, we really need to look at, hey, the market's going to be great. We have some, you know, we have some lenders who have too many staff, maybe overpaid for uh, employees over the last two years. Um, and, you know, that, you know, now they're right sizing that. And honestly, Robbie, technology is going to make this change. Next time we have a refinance boom to this extent or some type of massive movement like this, it's not going to be people are hiring, you know, an extra hundred underwriters overnight. It's not what it's going to be. It's going to be they're employing a new piece of technology and they're not hiring people. So I think this next run, it's going to be very different than this one. And so those lenders who are really doubling down on their technology right now, you know, they're, they're going to be coming, they're going to come out as, as strong market leaders in the next, you know, handful of years. Agreed. I want to talk very quickly about data and and its robustness or the intelligence behind it. Can you speak to the importance of having good quality data? Yes. So, I mean, from I'll, I'll, there's two types of data you should be thinking about as a lender. One is what kind of borrower data can I get? What kind of data can I get? about this consumer, maybe beforehand, like we have a product called Data IE, which enriches the data record with an AVM, recent comps, who owns the house, all these different, which, which is great. So that can become really powerful. So you can have all this data around these consumers. So then you can start figuring out what consumers like you more. So you know who to market after, right? So there's a lot of power in data. You know, I just, most lenders have very little insight to their data when it comes to this. This is new in the marketplace. But there's tons of power. The second thing I think, though, right now for lenders that really just want to talk about data, it's the data of their operations and their business. That's what I think that a lot of lenders really need to make sure they have right now. So do you know how long it takes 
you to contact Italy? Do you know what your average turn time is? Do you know what your pull through is? Do you know how many applications each loan officer takes and how many go to disclosures, how many go into process? And do you understand, do you understand, do you, are you able to actually track all this stuff in the system? So you actually know what's going on, right? So if you're a lender, if you can have this data, what I say, you can find opportunities, right? You look at, you know, bottlenecks, geez, we do a lot here, but we're, there's a lot of fallout in between, you know, approval and, and docs. Why is that? What type of loan program is that? Is there certain loan officers that are doing that? What can we fix in the beginning so we can make that more efficient? And that's really what they need to look at now is what's the data of your business? You know, are your people talking to your customers? What's happened to your records? You know, it's one of the reasons why I originally built Incelerate for myself was because I want to see what was going on with my system in real time at, at all times. I want to talk about customer retention very quickly. You know, the average borrower gets a half dozen to a dozen loans over their lifetime, but usually not with the same lender. And I and I suspect that it's more than just rate that plays into this. Why do you think customers go with so many different companies and how can companies better retain borrowers in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, customers go, it's like 80% of the time they choose someone new. Um, you know, and I read a, a study from the MBA that said that, you know, 80% of the time they go with a new lender, but over half the time they say they would have used the original lender they went with, but they just weren't there when they needed them. So I think that's what it is. So first, if you're a lender, you really have to understand what business you're in. You're in a service industry. You're selling a commodity. A mortgage is a commodity right now, and you're selling a commodity. So the only way you can separate yourself is through service. So give them great service, but then you also need to have some great intelligence. So as the customer closes with you, give them a reason to stick around, right? So like a home, like a home homeowner report every month, you know, we send out, you can send a homeowner report. It tells them about the value of the house, recent comps, something that they care for. And also have the right touch points, have a customer for life program, you know, something where, you know, we have a program where it sends out direct mail or closing gifts, but have a way to stay and outreach and then use some data intelligence. There's lots of great systems out there. You know, sales boomerang being one of them that we have a lot of customers that use where you can, you know, monitor your customers. So if they pull their credit, if they get married, they have a lifestyle change, you know about it so you can market to them. I think that's really what it comes down to is if you can be in front of the customer when they need you, they'll go back with you. It's just, hey, if I'm, I need a loan and Robbie was my loan officer last time, I forget where his number is. I can, I'm looking at this house. I hit a few buttons and this other lender give me quote, I'm going with the other lender. So be in front of your customers, stay in front of them. And that, that's how you make customers for life. That's a great point. So at the end of the day, Incelerate is there to help lenders close more loans. And that's that's kind of the bottom line. What have you been working on recently? What's in the works? Uh, give us a little company update. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know that on the head. We Our business is to help lenders close more loans. Now we have a CRM, we have all this technology, but that's our driving focus. So something that we just released, which we're really excited about was our Agent Connect product which is a uh, co-marketing branded portal for real estate agents and loan officers. It makes um, single property landing pages, websites from the MLS data. So you can you know, co-market with your customer, with your real estate agents and has pricing options in it, does, has integrations off in the blue and more tech. So you're able to you know now serve more retail. So that's been big for us. We've been really excited about that. And then something else that's been really kind of you know great is we have this whole TPO um, uh, part of a platform that we built, we built for a, one of our uh, larger customers a handful of years ago, and it's really, it's really grown. So we're actually starting to see a lot of interest in wholesale and TPO because 
there's no real solutions for them to market to or manage the AEs. And we have a product now that does that. So I think that's something that's exciting that we're, we're seeing. And it also kind of goes along with the lines of being more efficient and saving money. A lot of these lenders are looking at, they have like, you know, four or five different CRMs or systems in there trying to make it all work. We've, you know, really worked darn. You can do everything with our platform. TPL, wholesale, reverse mortgage, consumer direct, retail, service and management, all all this done through a platform. So you have one system versus having to, you know, go out and buy two or three. So I think that's what we're trying to do is just, we're just expanding that product, make it easier for loan officers to use the system, make it easier for lenders to close loans. Awesome. Josh, well, I appreciate you making the time and I very much enjoyed the interview. Thank you. Thank you, Robbie. During his Jackson Hole speech last week, Fed Chair Powell said that the Fed will continue raising interest rates and hold them at a regular and hold them at a higher level until it is confident inflation is under control. He noted that reaching an estimate of the longer-run neutral rate is not a place to pause or stop. Quote, restoring price stability will likely require maintaining a restrictive policy stance for some time. The historical record cautions strongly against prematurely loosening policy, he warned. Looking ahead, Powell said the June FOMC projections suggest overnight rates would rise to just below 4% through the end of 2023 and that historical accounts warned against loosening policy too soon. His eagerly anticipated comments from Jackson Hole on Friday were relatively brief and focused on getting inflation down. He identified three lessons the Fed has learned from periods of high and low inflation in this country, saying central banks can and should take responsibility for delivering slow and stable inflation, And he also added that the importance of inflation expectations of the public in determining the path of inflation over time are crucial, and the persistence to do what is necessary until the low and stable inflation level has been met is a priority. His comments were hawkish enough to shift expectations back toward a 75 base point hike at the Fed's September meeting as markets continue to flip-flop between whether the Fed will continue to remain aggressive with another 75 base point rate hike or move rates 50 basis points. That comes as last week's PMI data showed the U.S. economy moving further into contraction territory. The service sector, which accounts for the majority of economic activity, fell to 44.1 in August from 47.3 in July, while new orders fell at their quickest pace over the last two years. Meanwhile, the second quarter GDP was revised up from a decline of 0.9% to a decline of 0.6% as consumer spending was higher than originally estimated. Residential investment shrank 16.2% in the last quarter as higher interest rates and higher prices reduced demand. Mimicking the consumer price index, the personal consumption expenditure index fell from a 6.8% annualized rate in June to 6.3% in July. And to the surprise of no MLO, Bankrate reported that mortgage rates increased to their highest level since July and the housing sector is in a clear slowdown with residential investment plummeting 16.2% in the second quarter. Purchase mortgage applications were 21% below last year's pace in July, and while home price appreciation has slowed, it has not declined. However, which means many homeowners have record equity that may be bolstering consumer spending. Additionally, real disposable personal income was up 0.3% last month as tight labor market conditions continue to boost wages. This week's economic calendar will be headlined by the August jobs report on Friday. However, there are several other key month-end indicators, including home prices, Consumer Confidence, Jolts, the Resumption of ADP Employment, Chicago PMI, Productivity, and Factory Orders. Kicking off the calendar later this morning is Dallas Fed Manufacturing for August. 
The New York Fed will purchase $2 billion of MBS today through Thursday, with today's operation targeting up to $756 million of UMBS 34% through 5%. And we begin the week with agency MBS prices worse a quarter and the 10-year yielding 3.11 after closing last week at 3.04%, given the hawkish rhetoric by the Fed. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I never wanted to believe that my dad was stealing from his job as a road worker. But when I got home, all the signs were there. <laughs> if you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.